Those of you who are staying in the sanctuary for the message, please turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. This week has has been a very unusual week, to say the least. As the week progressed and and the time came to to where I should have been done with my Sunday Sunday morning message, or at least had some sort of an idea of what God wanted me to preach or wanted you to hear, church, I just had a blank spot. I I had a blank spot there. I, I didn't have a clue. Usually by Thursday afternoon, I mean, I am done complete. I'm, I'm done with my Sunday morning message. Sunday, I mean, Thursday, when I got here Thursday morning, I had still no clue what God wanted me, wanted me to preach. I, I sat in my office and I wondered if the blank spot is what I was supposed to focus on. I, I prayed for God to lead me and what he wanted me to preach and to help me to focus. And then the nagging question came to my mind from the Holy Spirit. What is it that has been taking away my focus this past week? And that was an easy answer. This past week, I I was asked to to be a part of a service on Wednesday of a former church member who I loved very dearly, who went home to be with the Lord. I, I was asked to speak on her life, who she was, who she, how she meant to me, uh, And these are just a few of the things that I spoke of on that day. And it was entitled, Things That I Loved About Miss Hazel. I said this, I said, I loved her wit, her candor, and her matter-of-factness. Now, y'all just thought about somebody there. You you did not have to be around Miss Hazel long enough to, to, to know what was on her mind. My wife described Miss Hazel as a force. Amy said, when we would go visit Miss Hazel, she spoke words of wisdom. You could feel the passion behind what she believed. I, I, I entitled this, again, Why I Love Miss Hazel. The, the second thing I said is I, I love Miss Hazel because of the way she talked. Now, you, it, it's very unusual to me that as you cross the bridge over into South Carolina, the people on the other side of the bridge in South Carolina, just across the bridge, they talk so different than us in Savannah. They do. Have y'all noticed? Uh, especially, especially a lot of the ladies. They really do. One of the things that she would say, and I, I mean, it took me a long time to understand, they had an appliance breakdown in the house, and she told Amy and I that they were going to have to come to Savannah and go to Sayers to, to find a new appliance. I said, huh? I mean, I thought, okay, well, there's a new appliance store, Sharon, that's opened up in, in Savannah. And I, just, I said, where is it? She said, Sayers. Say it one more time. Say is. She said, it's at the mall. It's right there. It's always been there. I said, can you spell that for me? And she said, S-E-A-R-S. I said, Sears. Oh, okay. But I love the way she talked. You, you had to pay attention to her. I, I love the way Miss Hazel and Mr. Jepp cared for others. Now, I, I know when people are alive, you're, you're supposed to respect their wishes. But I want you to understand something. The, that ministry was my very first pastorate. I was still in school. I was finishing school, and I was married to a school teacher, and we had three children. One, two were in middle school, and one had just entered high school. And if you add that equation up, pastor plus school teacher plus three children still in school, that equals, you know what that equals? Broke. Broke. But every year, right before school started, Brother Jep would hand me a check, and he would say, Go and buy your children 
school clothes and shoes. He said, I never want them to be treated any different from any other child. They cared. She cared. I love Miss Hazel's house. And some of y'all's houses are very similar to this. Listen to this. The back door was always open. The back, and you went in the back door. You went in the front door. I mean, they're not going to answer the front door. Okay? You walked in the back door. The smell of food that was just cooked is in the air. The things placed on the counters, it just seemed as if everything had its place. I love the gadgets that Mr. Jepp made, and every, everywhere the eye looked, you could see them. From the chairs and the planters on the front porch, to the tin men, to the wind ornaments, the special design clothesline in the backyard, everything had its place. I love Miss Hazel because she loved to banter with no apologies. This woman loved to banter. Well, what do you mean, Brother Kyle? Well, I, I was there very shortly, uh, maybe the first couple of months, and she came up to me and she said, Pasta. That's Pastor. She said, Pasta, my son-in-law's an idiot. <laughs> I said, okay. She said, he says he wants to be cremated. I said, okay. She said, is there any scriptural, you know, what, what is, you know, that's not scriptural. I said, well, you know, uh, according to scripture, we follow kind of with the Jewish tradition. We're buried, I said, but it's not totally with the Jewish tradition because we're not buried the same the next day and we, we embalmed, Jews didn't embalm. She said, well, uh, cremation, is there anybody in scripture who's cremated? I was like, well, there might be some scriptural evidence that King Saul was cremated. She didn't like that. They never agreed with this thing, and I, I wasn't much help. I lastly loved Miss Hazel because she loved me. You know how I know she loved me? Because she told me she loved me. She told me she loved me. Miss Hazel has many things, was many things to many people, and she was many things to me. But the thing she was most to me became the focus of this message because I saw so much of it this past week, not just with her, but with my whole week. She was my friend. This past week, I have seen what friendships look like, like never before. And I honestly believe that God wants us this morning to see if we are being a friend to others and who it is that's our most faithful friend. Do you have a friend? Do you have a friend? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18. We're going to look at a picture of an unbelievable friendship. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 1 says this, When David finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan committed himself to David. He committed himself to David and loved him as much as he loved himself. Saul kept David with him from that day on and did not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as much as himself. Then Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his military tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now you might be thinking, well, he just gave him some clothes and, you know, these, you know, these instruments of war I mean what's the big deal in this time church these were the most prized possessions of a man and he committed himself he loved David so much that he gave every bit of it 
to him. He showed him that what he was doing was showing him exactly. He wasn't telling him, listen, I, I love you. He was showing him how much he loved him. Church, we can tell somebody, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, I love you. You might even be able to sing it the way, oh, oh, uh, Sam Cook used to sing it. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. you. You might be able to do that. But at some point, you need to stop saying it and show it. Do you understand? When you really and truly love somebody, it's going to move from here to actions. And that's what we saw this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We say it, Lord. But I hope this morning as we look at this, this friendship between David and Jonathan, God, we'll reflect to see if our actions show that we really do love you, that we do love others. God, open our eyes and help us to see ourselves this morning the way you see us. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said... Amen. Church, I, I, I always wanted a friend. I always wanted a friend from a, from a very young age. From my earliest recollec recollection in life, I can always remember wanting a close friend. Now, Scripture says that God will give us the desire of our hearts in His time and for His own reasons. And as I look back now, I can see that, that God has brought people into my life that help me better understand what I know today about this thing called friendship. Because just like any other word in the dictionary, friendship or friend or friends is become relative. I mean, we have a concept in our mind of what we think friendship is, but if we'll pay attention to Scripture this morning, it'll show us whether our definition of friendship is true or not. Amen? It really will. Now, being a middle child and also being the only boy, not only in my immediate family, but the whole Waddell family, my first remembrance of friends were, were my older sister and her friends. Okay? That's my first resemblance of friends. Now, my sister is two years older than me, and as we grew older, I quickly realized that I wasn't interested in being friends with my sister's friends. I wanted to kiss my sister's friends. Okay? I I'll never forget in all my life, 1979, Michael Jackson came out with a hit album. Y'all remember what it was called? No, it wasn't Thriller. Come on. Off the wall. And the reason I remember this is because I was nine years old. My sister was having a sleepover birthday party in February, and two people bought her that album. Right? That was a great time in my life. My sister's friend slept over that night. I didn't sleep much, church. And that's when I realized that I needed to find my own friends. I needed to find my own friends. Now, I had friends that I played sports with, and, and our neighborhood was full of children who were always outside playing, but my first real friend did not come into my life until I was in the sixth grade, and his name was Brian, and Brian and I were inseparable. Y'all have heard me talk about him in times past, that the year that he and I became friends, that year at Christmas, both of us got the boom boxes, Right? And we tried, we tried our best to, to match our cassette players with, with, with the same music so we could walk at the same time and, and play the same music. 
I mean, Brian and I were inseparable until I got myself into some trouble about the end of the seventh grade, and his mom and dad found, found out what kind of trouble I got into, and Brian and I weren't real close friends anymore, and I couldn't figure it out for a while, then I got to understand why, especially when I became a parent. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't let my kid be friends with that kid either. Really? But he was my first friend. Now, it would be two years later that my next best friend would move in two doors down from me. His name was Darren. Now, this, this was a great friendship because his dad was a business owner. And not only did I have a friend, I had a business partner. Amen? Now, he, he and I would work together at his dad's business. And I'll never forget it, James. This, this, this guy, and, and, and he was, he's very successful. He's out in Silicon Valley in California now. But the, and I wish I'd have paid attention to him. I wish I'd have stayed friends with him, Jeff. Woo! He got in on the, the dot-com thing, and he, he's, he's made a lot of money. He's retired twice. But when we were growing up, I would take the money that I earned at his dad's business, and I would fold it and, you know, put it in my pocket. Mm-mm. He would take his money home, and he'd put it on an ironing board, and he'd iron his money and put it in a box and save it. What's the difference? I mean, I, I don't know, but it worked for him. Hey, hey, I imagine he probably still has some of that first money. But Darren was my, my second friend. Now, I, I would find my, my best friend during my ninth grade year. His name was Stephen, and Brad would follow shortly after Stephen. And Brad and I were inseparable until this girl came into my life uh, during my senior year, and, and during this time, God just slipped her in, and she's, she's on the front row now sleeping. <laughs> and she became my best friend. And what happened is when she and I became best friends, her best friend got mad, and she didn't, I mean, my best friend, and we couldn't understand, and, but we stayed the best friends, right? You're still my best friend, aren't you? Okay, I'm just checking. I'm not sometimes, y'all. Now, I've had a lot of friends throughout the years, from workplaces to churches to ministry opportunities and mission trips, and I've kept up with, with many of them. But, but two of those friendships are like the friendships we saw in our scripture this morning. Now, you, I think, I know you've met one of them, and that's Chris Coffey. Chris Coffey and I, I mean, it, it, from the time we met, the, the two years that we spent in ministry together, and until this day, I mean, we're still just the closest of friends. The second one, has Mark and Donna been here? I don't think, is Mark Hughes. Now, Mark Hughes lives in Greer, South Carolina, y'all, but this is the crazy, anytime I need anything, he's like, yes, sir, no problem. And, and it's not because I was, I didn't serve as his pastor, I was a youth pastor at that church, but it's our friendship, the friendship that we have. And I would do the very same thing for him. It's reciprocated. Church, these friendships are important to us. But I think to look at, as we look at them in a way that we could understand that they are from God and to glorify God. These types of friendships. Now, I think we need to understand, understand the power of friendship. Because there's a power there. An unbelievable power in friendship. Now, you've heard me tell you at least a hundred times that God blesses us that we, we, may not, we may be a blessing unto ourselves. He blesses us that we might be a blessing to others. Exactly. Now, I don't know of any easier person to be a blessing to after your family than your friends, right? 
It's easy to be a blessing to your friends, isn't it? I want to tell you what I witnessed this past week. I witnessed a lot of friendship blessings this past week. Saturday night a week ago, Amy and I were about to go to bed. It was right at midnight. And her phone starts blowing up. We're in the bed. It's blowing up at midnight. And the first thing that goes through your mind is the children. And one of the children are trying to contact us. But it wasn't. As y'all recall, there was a shooting last uh, Saturday night, uh, Friday, last Friday night. And the, there were some teachers and still are some teachers who were very upset and bluffed. And, well, Sunday night, Amy's phone starts blowing up at midnight. And she looks down and it's one of her best friends in, in school, one of the teachers. A friend doesn't look at the phone and say, it's just too late, I'll call her back. Amy picked the phone up at 12 o'clock, and she didn't get in bed until right at 1. That's friendship. That's what a true friend does. It doesn't matter how tired you are, what you're going through, what you've gone through that day, what you yourself are going through, you put the friend's needs first. Amen? But that, that, that's not the only uh, uh, blessing of friendship I saw this past week. Now, there was a post on Facebook about a girl and the boy who was killed last week, DJ, and she was really upset because a few weeks or months ago, she and DJ were wrestling in the hall, which they always did. They just play wrestle. They were like brother and sister. And she broke his necklace. And she wrote on Facebook, she said, I wish that I would have had the opportunity to go and, and buy him a necklace. I told him I was going to replace it. Well, they put a, a memorial up in the middle of the football field. And as the kids came to school Monday and they walked out on the field, they started leaving their necklaces. They started leaving their necklaces on the memorial. That, that's friendship. That, that's friendship. That's what true friends do. But there's more, church. Listen, Dewan, the, the father who lost his son. And I know some of y'all have gone through that. I, I, I hope and pray I never do. Hope and pray I never do. But as he's struggling with trying to figure out what's going on in his mind. How did this happen? What, what, what made these people shoot my son? Why, why did this happen? A childhood friend who he played baseball with, that he went to school with, still lives in the community. And he walks in to Dewan's house, and he's a lawyer now in, in, in Bluffton, in Buford County. And he walks into Dewan's house, and he pulls out his wallet. And Gary, he pulls out his personal credit card and he gives it to Dewan. He said, anything you need, you use my credit card. Anything you need. He said, the funeral's paid for. That's friendship. Church, that is, that is friendship. That is what friends do. 
I, see, I saw kids of, of all races loving and crying with each other in pictures this past week. I heard uh, of kids out of DJ's foot, calling DJ's football coach and just, listen, just letting them know, letting him know that they love them. My son was one of them. DJ's football coach was Kyle's defensive coordinator in high school. Just stopping and, and making contact with somebody when they're in pain. That's friendship. Church, it's friendship. I saw at least a hundred people this past weekend, with this past week, when I did the, the funeral service in, in Grays, at least a hundred people they came out to say farewell to a friend at a graveside only service in Grays. A hundred people on a two-lane road. They were blocking traffic, and they didn't care. A hundred people. Hey, listen. Amy and I were trying our best to minister to people as best we could this past week in, in various ways. And in the right in the middle of it, she gets a phone call, and one of our friends wants to deliver food to our house because she knows that we're just so busy and we've got so much on our mind. What is that? That's being a friend. That is friendship like we've seen in our scripture this morning. Now, church, please hear me. If God lays someone on your heart, if he brings someone to your mind, call them. If God puts somebody on your heart, call them. Contact them for, for, for whatever reason. Tell them that God put them on your heart. Ask them, are, are they all right? Is there anything that I can pray for you about? Listen to me, church. If you want a friend like what we see in our scripture this morning, you have got to want to be that kind of friend as well. I always wanted a friend. Always wanted a friend from the earliest age. And I was a weird kid. I know I was. But I wanted a friend. And when I saw this friend years ago in Jonathan and David, I longed for that. I still long for that. But we have got to understand we'll never have a friend like this if we can't be a friend like this. If we're not willing to be a friend like this. Can I tell you what a true friend is? I'm just about done. Can I tell you what a true friend is? A true friend is someone who wants to be your friend. They want to be your friend. They want to spend time with you. This person loves you unconditionally the way you really are, warts and all, Vicky. Warts and all. They, they love you. They will stand up and defend you sometimes when they know full well that you were not completely always in the right. They always have your back. This friend will be by your side at the moment's notice and will not leave your side until they know that all is well and safe. A friend will give you things when they know you are without and tell you the truth when you've done something wrong. Time and distance and circumstance may keep you apart, but when you do finally get back together with this friendship, it's like 
Time has done nothing but stand still. It's just as a continued on conversation that you left a few days ago. Church, this type of friendship can be a testimony to God and to give God God's name glory. It really can. Brother Kyle, how do you know that? Did you not read in our scripture this morning? There's one more type of, of friendship that should help you to always and forever remember. As I thought about all the friends I've had in my life, about the ones who are no longer in my life or whoever, who, who have already left this life, I came to realize that the greatest friend I've ever had is Jesus. When I had that blank spot, Steve, this past week, and I could not think, what, you know, and the Holy Spirit says, what have you been dealing with? What have you seen? I've never had a friend like Jesus. Never had a friend, church, like Jesus. Jesus wants to be that friend you have always been looking for in your life. Church, there have been people in my life who, who have cared for me. But no one has ever cared for me like Jesus. Nobody. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior today? If you don't, you can right now. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins once again. And Lord, I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you haven't turned your back on me years ago. But you never have. So God, I pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. Help us to feel your presence. Help us to know you're here. And if there's somebody here this morning who doesn't know you, who's not your friend, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch their heart that they'd walk this aisle and let me show them what each person must do to be born again. God, I pray that you would do right now only what you can do and move during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? Will you come?